0: She was invited to interviews at programs she didn't even apply to. The USMLE prepares for her. She once answered a question wrong, just to see how it felt. She is the most interesting medical student in the world. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Scott Weeters, clerkship director for Texas A&M University College of Medicine, deep in the heart of Texas at the production studios today. We're going to be coming at you for part two of our interview. This is a series on the CDEM Student podcast. On behalf of my partner, Dr. Nate, I'd like to welcome you back to our show. There's a number of ways you can reach us. First of all, go to our website, www.cdemcurriculum.com. That's clerkshipdirectorsinemergencymedicine.com. Send us your comments or any interest in future episodes at cdimstudent at gmail.com. You can also reach me, EMED Coach, on Twitter, and my great partner, Dr. Nate, at EM Stud Podcast, where we're going to continue our conversation with Caitlin, Jared, and Kate on how they achieve greatness and honors throughout their third year rotations. Last time we had some amazing wisdom, and if you missed out on that, I highly suggest you go back and listen to part one first. Right now, we're going to jump into part two, where we're going to really pick their minds a little bit more and find out. How they ran third year like a boss. Foam Ed, I guess, free open access medical education kind of network. Did you guys use that as medical students? How did that work out? And how did you incorporate that into your your learning? Was it mostly textbooks and questions? Did you delve into that? Any advice? Because what do we do with this stuff? I don't think anybody knows right now, as far as medical students. How did you guys react?
1: I didn't, I didn't use FOMED, but I had my app, so, like, I think Hippocrates is definitely necessary for your meds, and then um, my thing that I used for EM was WikiEM, which it's just like you type in your, um, like, the cheap complaint or kind of what you think the main diagnosis is, and it breaks down exactly, like, what questions you should ask and mm-hmm. then what the plan is, and it's kind of this, al- it kind of does the algorithm for you, but, you know, you're able to... See it and then ask the patient all the questions you need to ask. And so I found that really helpful. And then MedCalc, I thought was really helpful on iMed when they're like, "Oh, did you calculate the child's too?" I don't know if that's even a thing. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, did you Yeah, I don't know for everything. <laughs> I mean, if you just
1: type in the diagnosis, <laughs> you'll find some sort of calculation. Sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, your, my up to date app was always uh, invaluable as well. Uh, I think as far as podcasts go, I, I definitely listen to uh, EM Basic. Uh, when I was on my EM clerkship. Uh, EM Crit uh, is another one. Uh, there was a one called Peds Cases by a guy named Peter McPherson uh, that I listened to when I was on, on pediatrics. I, had a, uh, I was at a, a, a travel site for my uh, pediatric clinic uh, experience, so I got to listen to that to and from work every day.
3: And as... I think the other fourth years will agree with me. I've never been in the car or an airplane so much in my life as I've been in the last two months. So podcasts have been totally invaluable to me. And um, basic, for me, I use that... I mean, I'd get up in the morning and listen to it and I got ready and I'd listen to it in the car on the way and listen to it while I mowed the lawn or what have you. <laughs> um, and honestly, listening to those two and three and four times is so helpful because it helps you memorize differential diagnoses and dosing. He talks about dosages of medications and things that we're not we, we're not quite there yet, but we're learning we need to learn all of those things. So that was really helpful. And yeah, ERCAST or MCRID if you really want to um, impress your attendings <laughs> about more recent things that they've been talking about. Um, the app that I use on my phone is Palm EM. Um, I really like that a lot of the residents um, have used it. And that's just, again, it goes by um, by system. So if you come in with a pulmonary complaint, you click under pulmonary, and it'll give you a list of things that it could be, good questions to ask, tests to do, what kind of diagnostics, what's there. you know, they give you some of the um, the med calc things to kind of go look up. You know, do we want to look at a port score for this patient that might have pneumonia
1: and, and things like that, which is important? I thought of two more that I do. Did y'all say MRAP? Uh-uh. So no. I liked MRAP a lot too. And that's this kind of, it's kind of a pleasant one to listen to as you go to sleep. Their voices are really pleasant and you're kind of, it takes all your other stressors away. <laughs> um, and then the other site that I really liked is Online Med ED dot bd or com or something mm-hmm. um but it's this guy that just does they're probably like fifth, about 15 minute uh just really quick lessons and he breaks it down by specialty and you can just make a notebook and just kind of write all of his notes down and it's free um and i i don't know it really helped me out a lot i wish i had done that sooner because i started that more than halfway through my third year, and I wish I'd started it sooner. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. As far as websites go, too, there's a there's a great one that uh, that I encountered called FoamEM.com, um, and it was it's fantastic. It's just it's like a uh, basically a catalog catalog site of all the different uh, emergency medicine uh, journals and, and whatnot. It has a search bar, and you can just type in whatever term you're looking for, and it'll pull up all the literature from hundreds of different journals. Uh, it was, it was a great site.
3: And I think one thing we would be amiss not to talk about, the CDEM curriculum is what we used Uh, when we were here on our rotations, and we kind of went through that. The first, we had a little direction, you know, look these things up um, this first week. The second week we'll talk about this. But it's really um, chief complaint oriented or systems oriented um, and is complete with differential diagnoses and what tests to order. It's a really, really good introduction for your first emergency medicine rotation because it really takes you through um, most of the chief complaints that you'll get in in the emergency department plus, um, you know, all the right questions to ask and how to best present that to your attending. So that's a really, really helpful resource, I think, for especially for your first rotation.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. And that just got an update. I don't know if y'all have seen it recently, but it uh-huh. just got a 2.0, so we have a third year curriculum, there's a oh, fourth cool. year curriculum, there's a PDEM curriculum, and now we've got a lot of some awesome medical students on a podcast that'll be on that yeah. site. So a lot more content uh, that was revamped. So awesome. excited about the direction of that website. Cool. So on a, on a similar note, I like that question what apps are on your phone. I think you guys covered that. Any others that were leaving off? Like what apps did <laughs> yeah. you really have to use in third year? Because I was going to ask the question, what's in your white coat? But that's 1990s. That's back when I was a student. Uh, <laughs> I've got an iPhone. I've got a smartphone. And yeah. now oh, these are sorry. the apps. Okay.
3: My other one, this is kind of... This is kind of cheating, but I use it all the time. So it's called MD Easy Labs, M-D in the letters LABS, And you can look up lab values in that, and it'll show you potential causes for, like, an elevated... Oh. elevated sodium potential causes like for like a lo- yeah. for a hyponatremia. Mm-hmm. So it'll give you all these really cool differential diagnoses just based on whatever lab values you see. So you can you kind of look smarter. So you can go to the attending and you're like, "He has hyponatremia. It could be because of this, this yeah. or this and so." <laughs> so that was kind of that was really useful for me if I was kind of f- filling with, you know, what could what could be causing his hyponatremia or his hyperkalemia or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. we not sure that was helpful.
2: Hippocrates is always great, Uh, you know, if you need to look up a drug or a a dosage, Mm -hmm. I definitely use that one often.
0: Cool, so you got a phone in your pocket obviously, I mean that's like your go-to lightsaber, I'm guessing, if you're a medical student, it's your smartphone. So what else is in your white coat pockets, what are you guys carrying into battle with you on the wards, in the hospital, what do you got in your pack?
2: Protein bars. <laughs>
0: protein bars <yeah. laughs> Lots of <Yeah>. snacks. <laughs> Granola bar and a picture of my dog.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely shears. <I> know.
3: Shears, <laughs> I yeah, really yeah. Okay, and I know this is so nerdy of me, but having a pen light and a reflex hammer and your stethoscope and maybe a ruler, like one of those little tape measures, because it is really sad when someone in the room is like you know there's a, the attending is performing the physical exam and he turns and looks at you hey do you have a reflex hammer do you have a pin light oh, no, you know, sorry, I don't have that. The med student's always supposed to have everything, so I try to keep at least the reflex hammer and the yeah. pen light with me, along with
2: my Yeah, I stuff. definitely, I always I always had shears, a flashlight, mm-hmm. and uh, a few pens to be able to hand out to, mm-hmm. to people that ask. And I guess, I mean, I did have some, uh, a few kind of printed resources in my pockets, too. I liked the Emra antibiotic guide. I uh, mm-hmm. use that daily, uh, even, you know, on other rotations outside of the department. Uh, Maxwell's uh, and then the I had the little pocket EM guide, mm-hmm. uh, the little kind of uh, three-ring bound one. That that's was great too. Uh, I think the newest edition is orange. Yeah, mine's a little older than that. But
1: I like the image of like the pins because I know every med student, like if a resident <laughs> or attending <laughs> drops a pin, everyone whips out their <laughs> pin. Uh, the other thing that I had, what was I gonna say? I always keep like a little spiral that's like, what would you say? Six I don't know, something that will fit in a pocket Mm -hmm. just for little pearls. And Mm -hmm. so I try to kind of make a page for, like, if it's a cardiac or something, you just kind of Mm -hmm. flip through in Mm -hmm. little sheets of things. Like a little
3: moleskin notebook that's your your external brain. And if you need to go look something up later, you can write it down without looking like you're playing with your phone. Because I think that's another Mm. big problem. Yeah. That you can look real sketchy real fast if you're pulling your phone out for everything. Mm -hmm. Because... I mean, I think most residents and attending physicians know that our phone is what we do everything on. However, it's always, there's always that question in the back background, are they texting someone right, right. now? Are they looking at mm-hmm. movie times for when they get off ship? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I mean, how do you play that right? How do you, right. I'm looking through my phone. I mean, do you like, <laughs> so Hold Kate's it. holding her everyone. phone. <laughs> out so that everyone can see what she's looking yeah. at as if it's obvious but how do you navigate that because i think that's a very serious issue people have probably been mistakenly critiqued mm-hmm. for being a good student looking up information if they were having a harrison's textbook out of their white coat mm-hmm. pocket it would have been a plus one but it was a minus one because they were perceived to be looking at things on their phone or maybe texting mm-hmm. so how do you navigate that
1: Either just keep it in your pocket or before you pull it out, declare like, I'm looking this up on my phone or something, but probably better just to not... Have it out. Use a yeah. computer or something. Yeah,
2: definitely. I I didn't really. I tried to keep my phone in my pocket, unless I mean, there's sometimes when you know the residents will give you their cell phone number to like you know here text me uh, to find figure out where we are or whatever. So if in those instances if I did had have to pull it out to communicate with somebody, I would definitely make it clear that that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I, I definitely try to either just use the printed stuff I had in my pocket or go find a computer to mm-hmm. like look something up on.
3: Mm-hmm. Pen and paper when you can. I see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> fair enough so one of the series i love reading about is on academic life and emergency medicine alien and it's the the how i work smarter series basically how do you do your job more efficiently what are some tricks and pearls about getting through third year to be more efficient so how do you guys work smarter as third year medical students and nail it like a boss
3: for me it's all about memorization because i am not good on the spot so coming up with something so something I did to make me more efficient and I think our medical school has been really good at preparing us for this having a really good HNP that is just burned into your brain so you know so distinctly that you can't get rid of it and being able to go through that way you never miss questions you never miss um, history questions you don't miss physical exam portions because you were remember everything and then when you're typing up your note following that same format in your head makes it so easy to just bang out a note real quick i think it it's a little um it's harder for people that come in and haven't done a lot of h P's, and i'm glad they made made us do a lot of them early on um but that's made my my note writing quicker
1: for sure
2: definitely Um, I always I I like to always keep something with me to uh, to study like a a question a book with with questions in it uh, so I can kind of pull it out whenever I have a little bit of downtime because who knows after I get home at 8 o'clock after uh, a 15 hour day on surgery I'm not gonna feel like busting out my computer and doing practice questions Mm -hmm. so I try to carry that with me uh, as much as I could to use whenever I had a a free moment Mm to
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm a terrible procrastinator, and I'm not very efficient, <laughs> <laughs> so... um <Wrong. laughs> I know, I know it's bad. It's something I need to work on. No, I'm saying uh, you're wrong, you're not. Oh, You're oh. <laughs> like, your life is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so I remember being on um, on a psych rotation, and we had, like, three hours of downtime in the afternoon, just because they, they were legally bound to keep us till five, so you know, we had nothing to do. But we had our... Um, I think it was it was just one of those question books. It was really fun. We all sat in a group and just did questions, and it ended up being like a fun time. I mean, we were being uh, like productive, but also mm-hmm. it was an enjoyable experience.
0: How do you guys stay healthy? I mean, third year is a tough time. You're not sleeping well, you're not eating well. You're like living off protein bars that you found in your classmates' white coat that are probably old and you know relationships, you guys have family, we have friends how do you how do you stay healthy in maybe one of the most uh, rigorous years of your life? What are some pearls?
3: Um, for me. Again, two words, it's the podcast and the treadmill. You just pair your learning with your activities and it works out really great. Um, I can't tell you how many times I took a book to the gym and sat on the bike or the elliptical or whatever. Sometimes we got a little advanced with the Stairmaster and a book. (laughs) That's a little harder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, right, it's hard to read. Um, But really, so anything that you can multitask with is what I usually do and then at the end of the day, like you, you really just can't beat yourself up. You're either gonna be an incredible student, an incredible like friend, husband, wife, whatever, or you're gonna be sort of half good at both of them. But you, st- you when you're with that person or when you're studying, you give it your all. And I think, um, that's really the best advice I could give. I think a lot of type A personalities want to do everything perfectly, and it's just probably not going to happen. <laughs> in medical school, it's hard. Um, but really just giving the people that you love in your life your full attention when you are around is, is important.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think uh, as far as, you know, your your relationships go, uh, something that has worked well for, for myself and, and some of my other friends too uh, is just having, you know, a, maybe one day out of the week Uh, and just setting that aside and you know like no matter what else is going on it doesn't matter if you know I have a shelf exam coming up and I haven't really uh, started studying for it yet (laughs) like this is the time that it's this is our time you know you don't let anything else intrude on that so Jared's advocating a
0: Sabbath, it sounds like. Which is, uh, sure, sure. I agree completely.
1: I know some people who would spend Sunday evening making some sort of large pot of, like, stew or something, and then freezing that in the freezer, and then you have your dinners the rest of the, the week, or even, like, your lunches. They'd pre-make their lunches, and I think that would help them out a lot. Because I know... There were so many times I was like, I'm going to make a lunch tomorrow. And then I'd wake up and have 30 minutes to get ready. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> Cafeteria again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how important is it to have a mentor during third year? I mean, you need some guidance. You need some help. Maybe a person that's been there before. What, what role do mentors have and what was your experience with that? Uh, personally,
2: I think uh, having a good mentor is, is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, there, There's somebody that you can turn to for uh, advice, uh, for encouragement, for, you know, to help you find a direction. Um, absolutely. If you, if you don't have a, a mentor going into third year, it's prime time to, mm-hmm. to try and find somebody. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. I think um, there are a few different people that have been completely invaluable to me this year and I think um finding a an attending mentor even maybe a resident that you know um in one of the programs uh, it, it can be an intern a second or a third year um finding someone that's been there and done that is is more than what you can imagine it is I mean it's just um really cool to be able to to talk to them about your timelines and how was it when we interviewed or how was it when you went into this surgery or how was it and i mean you can do that with all of your different specialties people that have been there before you even your own students and your own clerkships that have been there um say so they did surgery before you or they did OBGYN before you just being able to talk to them about what you expect is really really great
1: that's what I was going to add was mentors can be your peers just if you know so I know there's one girl in our class who I mean she actually coded a guy in the airport on her on the interview trail oh yeah um, so awesome. there's some people that you, you can be like wow yeah you mm-hmm. you know a lot please that
0: happened like the week after we did the CPR that's lecture that's what she said yeah it I was amazing that. yeah Wow. yeah yeah. What a boss.
1: Um, awesome. yeah. so some of your peers can be really talented and really help you out a lot <laughs>
0: Well, cool. So one of the things I wanted to close with is any kind of encouragement, any stories. Third year's hard. It's difficult. It's grueling. It ages you. Uh, But it's a fun, wonderful job. It's a privilege. So any encouragement for those students out there that are starting third year? Is it worth it?
3: Guys, it is all those things that Dr. Weider said. It is difficult, and some days you want to come home and cry, like Kate said. You just, it's overwhelming. But it is one of the coolest jobs in the world, and I think there is no other job where you can um, have people trust you so readily and so quickly. um, And It is a perfect time when when people are at their most vulnerable and at their weakest and their sickest and their saddest. It's a perfect time for you to step in. And as a student who has more time than a lot of the attendings and more time than a lot of the residents, it's a perfect time to show them that somebody cares about them. And it brings you a lot of joy. It brought me a lot of joy this year to be able to do that because... I can't tell you how many times someone, you know, looked at me and said, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. Like, I know you're a student, but I really appreciate you sitting here and talking to me. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those things. Like, I don't think um, and you shouldn't do those things just to get accolades from the residents or the attendings. Most of the time they're not there. Um, But to be able to do those things, people will find out, and it, it comes out in one form or fashion. Um, it'll show up in your dean's letter, it'll show up in your evaluations, because um, patients say something to the doctors, or um, someone will overhear you doing it. And it really, it just, it benefits you, it benefits the patient, and I think it just um, is a perfect way to go about life talking to people like they matter.
0: Thank you so much for coming by. Kate, Jared, Caitlin. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. It was Jeez. wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, folks, with that wisdom, we hope that you, like our students here, will run third year like a boss. <laughs> this is Scott Weeder's EMED coach signing off for the next episode of CDIM Student Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to stop. We appreciate your collaboration. And thank you for listening.